What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bus Driver Experience. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into this show. Really happy and excited to have you guys on here. I really hope that the unique things that you can take away from the show are endless, that the potential is just limitless, because the people we have on the show, the guests that I get to talk to are living out these incredible and unique experiences, and I'm just so happy, blessed, fortunate that I get to talk, exchange with them, and with some of them, get to go out and see what it is they do. What is that unique fascinating, interesting thing that I get to see. And so you guys know that there's unreal potential and whatever it is you want to do every single day, there is value in it. You just got to figure that out. You got to find it. You got to dig deep and go and search that out. So again, if you are watching this and you're from On The Bus Podcast, thank you so much for coming back into this show, sticking around. This is the bus driver experience now. And we're still on that bus though. I'm still driving the bus and we're still taking this thing everywhere and anywhere there's unique experiences happening. So if you are new to the show, go ahead, hit that subscribe button and leave us a brand new review if you like this episode. It's a good one. It's a great one. We have one of my former teammates over at Syracuse University, Antonio Jardine. You may know him as Scoop Jardine. And Scoop is a guy I got to play behind at Syracuse University. We used to battle. Battle. I mean, just, I mean, fighting wasn't the proper term. It was battling. What we got to do every day. And, you know, through this conversation, through this show, I got to look at a whole new perspective of how, you know, my time was spent at Syracuse University and, you know, not limiting myself to blame others, whether it's the NCAA, a coach, anything in my past. It's about how can I can just look forward and stem forward. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this conversation because it just there's no more excuses. Put that shit behind you. Get going. Get forward. So, without further ado, we're going to jump into this episode with Antonio Jardine. Syracuse, basketball, college sports, the works. Ready? So, we got... Literally, you know the little directional card thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Well, I mean, it's so we can all time the audio with the cameras. So that way, when I take the audio here for the show, it's going to be all linked up to the cameras. Gotcha. Yeah, so it looks like a little dumb little like snap thing you see yeah. in the movies. Yeah. But it has utility. There's wow. a purpose for that. Wow. I didn't know that. Uh, funny. Uh, first thing I learned in production. <laughs> I learned but welcome, that. dude. Good to see you. See, I like doing that like really very, very casual start into the show right. didn't even know it started but didn't even know it started but we started okay what's going on dude great how are you good man i really think the last time i saw you i was uh thinking about this before we started the show it's like it oh, I'm gonna lower that. That is loud. it was probably you know when we i don't think it was when we lost to ohio state in the elite eight there mm-hmm. had to be some time you know probably back at school in syracuse but before that man i don't think uh yeah we caught up it's, we haven't caught up or even seen each other it's been about Good seven years, six, seven years. Yeah, man, I forget about that, you know. I'm still in my 20s. When I say 20, I'm 29, you know. I'm I'm, I'm pushing it. <laughs> so, I'm 30, <laughs> by the way. Uh, when you be 30, by the way? End of this year, December 27th. Okay. Just just 89, you know, by f- four days. I'm 80s baby by four days, but right. I really like to push that and brag that. Right, right, right. But I uh, do. where have you been? What have you been up to? Man, I've been up to a lot, if I would say. I'm... Just entrepreneur, basketball, uh, just working, just living through the game, actually. Uh, lived in Miami, lived in L.A., lived in New York, 
In Philly. If I'm more of a big city guy and try to make my way. Mm. So, now I reside here in L.A. Did you play uh, after college? Did you keep going? I played literally two years. It was. My my pro career was, I broke my foot two days before the NBA draft as 2012. I think I remember seeing that. Yep. Uh, So, when that happened, I had to get two foot surgeries because I had an infection in my foot. So it kept me out a year. A, a foot surgery should take three to four months at the most. Mine took eight. So with the eight months, I set out that year. But in that year process, I went, moved to New York City. I worked for three different Syracuse alumni at the time. Brandon Steiner, yeah. Hal Fettner. Brandon's been a guest on the show. He's a great guy, great by the guy. way. Hell of a guy. That His guy, energy is, is, is the funniest. So that guy right there <clears throat> taught me life at the sports. And that's where, where we I would get into. But when I broke my foot, kind of opened my eyes to... You know, living through the game, but leveraging myself through the game. So I went and worked for Brandon Steiner. He got different Syracuse involved, where I was working for three different Syracuse alumni at the time, living in New York. Started making good money. And I got to see I can live without basketball, because my whole life I thought basketball was going to be the thing that paid me. Like, basketball was going to be what made, where I was going to make my money at. And I got to work that first year. I, and of course, I have a master's from Syracuse, so... Going that route into my first year, it helped me because I was working around some really good people, and I got to see I can do something without basketball but still use the game. So uh, after that year, I went back to plan. I went over to Croatia. I went to summer league with Cleveland Cavaliers. I was with Dion. We was on the same team. This fun. 2013. Uh, I went. I was I was on the team with Dion in summer league, and then I got a job to go to Croatia. When I was in Croatia for three months, and I con- and I tore my meniscus. So now I got a tour meniscus. I get cut. First time in my life where I've ever been cut from a team where somebody wow. say you can't play or you know, Beham said that to us all the time. <laughs> but just just to from from a professional standpoint of a team not even this is where business started to smack me in my face. And I got to see I uh it's like, you know, I got cut and then wasn't a notice. My my replacement was there that day. They was cutting me. It was like one of those <laughs> Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, wow, this is real reality. It so me in Israel. You know, just you get there. Yeah. I went to become a citizen there, so I went through the whole entire process. Right. And I get there. Three days in, practice is good. I'm still waiting to get my apartment, but I still haven't got my apartment yet, they promised me. And coach calls a meeting with me at a practice. Like, yeah, just doesn't say you're fired. It's your cut. You know, you're learning business, what goes on with contracts. We just don't want you anymore. Right. What does that mean? Oh, we're not cutting you. No, no, we're not cutting you. Just, um, yeah. Go home, you know, just don't stay here. But I'm like, right. you're 22. How, how do you take that in? How do you deal with that? Exactly. You know, your your agent or your manager isn't in the country. Agreed. You got to find a way to, like, you're, like, freaking out right now. Right. You never dealt with this before. You didn't prepare for that, that in was, college, even in college sports. Agreed. Uh, everything you're saying is, is dead on. And at that time, like I said, my replacement was at my house where he was taking over the house <laughs> you know what i'm talking about so it was one of them situations where i just had got all my stuff sent to me because it took some time like all the you know sneakers whatever i had sent from yeah. the state sent to me and i just got there man i just left everything to the to the replace i said keep it all like i wow. i was that you know you can cuss on here in this oh dude yeah oh, we're okay. explicit you can okay. say what you want i was that fucked up <laughs> like you know what i'm talking about like mentally like where i'm like bro he he looked at me like i was like you can have it I'm talking about new sneakers, new sweatsuits. 
The guy looked at me like I was crazy. Like, you sure? I'm like, bro, I'm not taking all this back to the States with me. You know what I mean? Like, it just got here. So, uh, went back, got back home. I entered my name in the D-League draft. Got drafted by the Tulsa 66ers, which is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Was Andy there at that time? I know Andy, that was the year after Andy. Okay. He was there the year before me. So He got screwed in the D-League as well. D-League, yeah, for sure. So, I was there. Uh, it was that same team Andy was on, and... I rehabbed there. They rehabbed me, got me back healthy. I played a few games in the D-League, probably the, last, the second half of the season. I played well, pretty well, but I was coming off an injury, so I wasn't in the best shape. OKC said they was going to take me to – they was going to bring me to Summer League that summer. Was Dion there too at that time as well? He just he just got there the, the year after that. Okay. I'm about to give it to you. So this 2014, it was going to bring me for Summer League. So they I already finished the season. I wouldn't play pretty well. Ten points, six assists. Limited minutes, play really well. And I'm thinking they, they, they rehab me, pay invested in me to rehab, to get me right, get me back healthy. In my head, they're going to bring me to summer league so I can show what I can really do. Well, that didn't happen. You know, they told me all, the whole year, you're going to come to summer league with us, you know, blase, blase. And this is like the second time, again, I got cut in 2013, now in 2014. Uh, I'm getting lied to about summer league to, to pursue my dreams. But in the process, I just... I worked for CBS, I worked for Brandon Steiner, I worked for Howell Fettner. I did all that in 2012 where I made really good money. Mm-hmm. You know, so now it was like, not, and it's not about the money because, of course, basketball is what I love to do and is what, I, you know, at that time I... Yeah, I would have slept on the floor in some of these countries. For whatever, know? like, you know what I mean? It wasn't about that, So, but it just the, the fact that basketball wasn't going right for me. And, and coming off injuries, I wasn't, I was, you know, at that time I was heavy as can be. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't really good with my diet. None of that. You didn't get taught that at Syracuse anyway, but nah. sorry, no, I'm playing. But I mean, they're really gingerly about too. Let me stop because Ryan Ryan Kabilis is one of the is my favorite guy. He's forever my guy. Yeah, my guy for sure. He and helped Brad me. Pye. Yes, for sure, helped me. He got some of the best trainers, but just in general, my body coming off an of injury, I didn't do a great job of getting back right. So I needed to play. I needed to get back healthy and, and hoop. So. uh the next year, the D-League, I didn't go. Then I'll get back to Philadelphia. I just signed to Austria going into 2015. Uh, being in Philly training at the time, my little brother, who was 17 years old, he was shot and killed, gunned down. Mm. Literally, I was right there. Got to see the, You know, I just got to be through that, go through that whole process of just dealing with family emotion when you lose a loved one or, or somebody. And Kenneth, my mom's youngest son, that kind of crushed me. So now basketball is not going right with me. You know, I'm not really doing anything that I thought I would be doing after I graduated from college. So, and and dealing with that was like kind of put me in a depression state, like where I was suffering from pe- everything, honestly, more depressed than anything. And I didn't know. So I moved down to Florida. You know, I moved to Florida on some like just go just rehab mentally. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I ended up there, bro. Florida's the place to do that. You, you know, no, seriously. You like, I really, <laughs> I, I just ended up in Florida. Of course, uh, I had some friends down there, but I wound up going down there and. I didn't know. This is the first time I'm taking a real jump with life. No basketball, no, like, you know how you hold my whole life. I was a basketball player. It was none of that. I just went to Florida. But didn't even want to tell people my name was Scoop. Like, I was, like, trying to be, like, totally. low as possible. You know what I mean? Like I, I get it. It's like, oh, hey, I don't even want to yeah, talk about Syracuse. None of that. Like, I was away from that whole, let me figure me out. But that's the thing, like, you know, that identity. It's like when you when you were trying to move to the past these points, you know, you hit a major crossroads, mm-hmm. you know, an impediment in your life. But you know, when you ask people like, Hey, what's the one thing that you're known about? 
it's they're gonna say that it's, it's basketball. basketball, and it's still to this day. And I'm not gonna, I'm I'm actually at a place in my life where I know who I am, and I know basketball is a very big part. But at this time, I was suffering from a lot, and I felt like I was a failure because I didn't make it as is where I thought I should make it or where people even thought I should be. So I felt like I didn't want to even be around the people who supported me for so many years. So I'm in Florida. It's funny because that's how I ran into uh, Skip. Uh-huh. Real guy. quick though, how, I want to go back onto that. How did uh, how did that make you feel? When, when I didn't make it? Not just when you didn't make it, but, you know, the way people would uh, talk to you about those things. Like, hey, you know, you would have that reaction to say, oh, you're still playing? And they're uh. like, oh. Hear me. You're not playing anymore? Well, what, what are you doing here? Oh, still to this day, people, when they see me, like, you're not playing nowhere? Like, and, and that's where I'm like, dang, everybody thought I, or, and they had they think I should be playing or been in the NBA, whatever. It was never, you got to love it. And not saying I, I didn't love it because I still do love it, but I was easy to fall out of love with it. So I don't think, I think my, I think people loved it more for me than I even actually loved it. I love what, what it gave me, but I didn't, that's what I got to figure out. I didn't love it. Where you have to be obsessed with it to a point where you know what I mean, like for you to to go through all those trials and tribulations and still get through it. I went through those trials and tribulations. And I looked for something to help me, and that's how I found commentating. I found working with Steiner's. Well, I just love business. That's interesting you say that. You like, know what I mean, like with you know the people around you sometimes wanting it more. They wanted it more than I even wanted it for myself. So that's what made me get to reality. Like when I when I used to lie to my dad when I was in Philly at the time training. I just signed a deal to go to Austria. Really okay money, but it was an opportunity. And I was training that whole summer, and my I wasn't training like I should have. Like, I know how I should be training. You know, we come from where, you know, we have the notes to the test. It's just about studying it. So I'm in Philly, and my dad asked me, you know, you know who my father is. He asked me, did you work out today? And I would lie to him. Like, yeah, I'm I did. I'm surprised he wasn't there, like, at the At the workout, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would lie to him. Like, yeah, I wanted to work out. And, and I found myself lying to the people who I felt like loved and wanted me to do this more then I actually wanted to do it. So when that happened, I had to leave Philly. I had to move to Florida, and it wasn't about sports. It wasn't about anything. And, again, my brother just had passed away. I just wanted to just help kids. So I started a whole program with this guy named Dwight Jones, Skip, who you know. Uh, it was called Scoop Dreams, and we was the slogan was we were scooping kids off the street, getting them a better opportunity. You know what I mean? Like where I was just dealing with a tragic uh, situation with my brother being killed. So it was like... I just wanted to be around kids who loved to play basketball. It wasn't about making money. It wasn't no business behind it. It's just they, this is what they love to do. So I went back to when I was 12 years old or 13 years old where basketball just was fun, if that makes sense. So It, do, it does. A bunch and, of guys I know who have, like, uh, even Nick, yeah. who worked, you know, in the NBA. NBA, yeah. Worked with the Nets and just, you know, he's working with kids. And he's just like, yeah, man. It's, it's just, fun. It's a teaching point, and, and it gets you back to reality. And that's what helped me because it – it helped me cope with what I was dealing with with my little brother who got gunned down. He was young. He didn't get a chance to go to college. He didn't get a chance to play basketball. So to see a lot of kids chasing their dreams like I have, and it got me out of Philadelphia. It was it was a beautiful thing to be in Florida and helping a whole bunch of kids who didn't know me from a can of paint. Like, they had to Google to see who I was, and, it, and I became that guy, oh, you play with Deion Waiters, or oh, you play with Michael <laughs> Carter-Williams, because now these guys are in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So it became like, I got cool stripes off of that. Yeah, that's my roommate, right? Yeah, there. like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, so that helped me get back to the love for the game. And uh, again, I I got to see that's from the first business I started was a five hundred one c three, but it was a you know it was a business as far as it's C-Corp, not. Man. Yeah, can't beat it. Yeah, nonprofit, and I got to see I can raise money. I got to see people actually really was had an eye out for what I was trying to do. So that put me right into business right away. So I moved back to New York, and I uh. I started working for this title company, 
called uh, Commonwealth Land Title, and I got that job through a Syracuse alumni who walked me into the office and basically got me hired. And that's where you, I got to see you got to know people who know people. You know what I mean? Like where life became about like who you know, and, and I started to leverage myself with all the Syracuse alumni that I met through the years of us going through them banquets, signing autographs. I think people don't really, we weren't taught that properly. And I and, think we have, there's a pride thing that especially comes with the athletes that, right. you know, I'm too good. I don't need this. I'm proud. I'm strong enough to do this on my own. Right. When, you know, it's not a handout. It's it's help. help there's right. no problem with help with going out and reaching out to people that want to help, help you. you yes. Helped you in the past and yes. can continue to help you in your future. And so that's what helped me. Like honestly, more than anything, and I say this to this why where I'm at today was like by me leveraging myself with the with the with the Syracuse with, with the alumni at Q's, it was very it was easy. It wasn't like it wasn't fake because I spent so much time with a lot of a lot of the alumni up there where we might have a banquet, we might have a you know, in the summertime, we work for these guys or we work for this for the ladies. Like watch Joyce. a few boats. Yeah, watch. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where you you also <laughs> building a relationship with these people already. You know mm. what I mean. Like so, I got to see that part, and they actually want to help you. They do. You know what I mean. Every day, it's not no school in the country who have alumni that's a part of the basketball football. I'm talking about from the athletic standpoint that don't that doesn't want to help the kid. That don't want to help us at all. So. Where I had found myself in a great situation where I had three of them, three, four Syracuse alumni, all giving me a job. So from Monday to Thursday, I was working for each alumni. You know what I mean? Like, that's very, so I got to see I was a blessed kid in that process of doing that. And, and it helped me create this, this what I was talking about with, with the company I created called Life at the Sports. And Life at the Sports is basically helping us college athletes who... And we all got dreams of making the NBA. When you came to college, even as a walk-on, you felt like you could play in the NBA. I didn't think about anything else. I thought, you, and you I knew, I'm going, to, and I'm going to play basketball, and no matter professionally, what, you know what, what I, mean? I did, and I got injured like yourself and had all these concussions and neck injuries and back injuries, where it got to the point for me, like, you finally wake up and everybody's around you, like, hey, listen, I'm scared for your health. Like, right. I, don't want you, I don't want you to play basketball anymore because you can't take another hit to your head, and you can't get another concussion. That's scary. It's scary, but, you know, at 24, you know, you have a dream, and I think, which is the hard thing, and, you know, kudos to you for going to helping these kids, but, you know, where does it get to a point that, you know, we tell these kids, like, hey, this is a crazy dream, but how, how there's, there's just still a place missing where we can't give them these unique experiences, right. especially with college college athletes. You know, right. you, did, you and I didn't have time to go and do these jobs or these internships at the moment in school. Well, yeah, we could. After school, though, we can, but... You know, a lot of guys, again, either don't want to take on the opportunity or are afraid to ask or, you know, they're lost. We don't know they're how hurt. to. We don't even know how to speak to. They're broken. Exactly. And with that being said, I came up with this cool idea. Like, I want to really teach, like, athletes more how you leverage yourself, even if you don't make the NBA. Just by going to college alone, that big TV deal that the NCAA and every year, the whole world is watching you on national TV. In, in March, mm-hmm. the the entire world is watching the NCAA tournament. That's how big it is. So you mean to tell me for four straight years we went to what? We went to Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteens. So people really know me. Even to this day, I'm walking. A lot of wins. A lot of wins. Why well, a lot of wins? And they're so, all gone now. For sure. But not to us. So yeah, it is going by the <laughs> oh, way. I still got my rings in my room. Trust me. Yeah, I got all that. And it can't I'll, take I'll that from out. us. But yeah, with that being said, it was like how you leverage yourself with life. And, and 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 I think I did a great job with that. I haven't. Don't get me wrong. I I've been all over the board, but I I've been working for myself, making good money, 
lost money. I uh, built great relationships, and I'm still living through the game of basketball. I can walk down the street in New York City, even L.A., and people are like, oh, Scoop Jardine. Like, it's like people still know who I am, and it's, it's fucking eight years later, bro. You know what I mean? Like, where that shows you where you don't have to be in the NBA or you don't have to, you know, play professional basketball in Europe. You can still learn because that's what college did for us. And and I say that to say I don't think the coaches help us enough. So I came up with this cool idea with, with uh, trying to, teach players how to leverage themselves like mainly point guards and quarterbacks who I got a philosophy where if you're a quarterback or of a, a NF of a NCAA college team division one even a, a a point guard you basically a COO of a company when you think about it like in so many words you a COO of a company like for example when I was the starting point guard at Cuse Bayham is the head guy I was the I was the, I was the leader on the court I was the coach of, on the floor that make any sense so I ran the guys, you know what I mean? Like I had to leave. I did, that, you I did, did the same practice, guys. You did the same thing to your Let's group. Get these walk-ons You ready. did the same thing to Let's your go group. Go over the entire place. Who am I going to play today? You today did the Corey same. Fisher. So my point exactly. So yeah. you were Corey Fisher. So we all getting taught these skills through the game of basketball, but these skills translate to life. When I went and started working in the in, in the in the real world, where I was working for a company in sales. Sales is very competitive, just like you know sports, and I got to see. All the stuff I learned in basketball came back in when I was in business. First to the office, well, that means we the first to the bus, right? To leave. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, the last, the first to the office, the last one to leave the office. First one to the gym, we the last one to leave the gym. It's like a lot of little things I learned from sports and being a point guard and how to deal with people, how to tolerate people. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't necessarily have to like you, but I know I had to still get you the rock for you to score a bucket. You know what I mean? Like, where all these things in these business that I've learned, the game of basketball mm-hmm. and I translated in sport and, and business and it actually helped me and I don't think that's that is being taught or or uh it's out there like that where a lot of kids can really translate and really make it in life now with you know social media is big is being big as it is and you coming out with a college athlete coming out with when I left school I had 30,000 followers on Twitter 20,000 followers on Instagram. Right away, I'm I'm, I'm famous. I'm known. Mm-hmm. You can leverage yourself. And, and now with the today's world, you can be very successful. And you don't need, not saying you don't want to play in the NBA or trace your dreams, but it's so much more out there for you. And just that. And, it, and that can save you from the suffering, the heartache of if you don't make it and the depression. That's what a lot of guys, if you see the NBA, guys coming out and was speaking out, spoke, speaking about the depression of that. Uh, just to being depressed in general, like DeMar DeRozan spoke about it, Kevin Love spoke about it. Translating and I, is, is really tough. Translating you know I mean? the game of, like you said, especially the skills and the things that you're good at. You're good at, yeah. And that's been the tough thing for me because physically, yeah, I, you're gonna have to kill me in order to beat me in something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can vouch for that. So it's like if I, we're gonna go do Agreed. something, like, like you said, okay, let me say that I'm just gonna work hard on everybody in the office. I'm gonna get there, but. The big point still is the skills. Like you don't Skill, yeah. really, really, really miss out on learning those unique business skills. Because I don't want to be the guy who's just outworking everybody yeah. in producing podcasts and putting stuff out because I'm killing myself and I don't want to yeah, be the physi- person you are. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to physically take that work ethic. Oh, I, I want to take parts of that work ethic. That'll always be there, but I don't want to. You know, I want to be. I want to be smarter. I there be you go. You, that's, they always said that you. Uh, it's about. It's not working really hard. Yeah, you know, hard work is working smart. Mm-hmm. That's what you know what I mean. Like you see a guy like Paul Harris, he's one of the hardest working guys I see, besides yourself. Where, but a lot of times he didn't work smart. You know what I mean? He'd go run miles and miles, but would still be out of shape. 
if that makes sense. Coach would be like, well, how you out of shape when you running all the time? But, I mean, physically, I mean, he's a, looks like an Adonis, a Greek god, you know, yeah, chiseled. Yes, but he, was, he wasn't in the best shape. And then Paul would attest to this as he got to be a professional. If you look at him now, he's lean. He's a, he's a great shape. And he's having a great hell of a career now after what, what overseas. He, I thought he was in the Philippines. He was playing out in Asia. But where's he, where's no, he at No, he's, he's in Europe. He's in EuroLeague. Like, he's really doing really good for himself. It's awesome. Yeah, Paul did a great. Paul panned out really well, but the thing what helped him was he learned his body. He learned how to get in better shape. And he in college, up, we'll say. Yeah, yeah, and in college, uh, that wasn't the case. And I got to see he was one of the hardest workers I ever seen, but he didn't work smart. So, and working smart helps you. So I, I feel like that's the biggest thing is you know you work hard, but you also have to work smart. You know. Yeah. You uh, you said an interesting thing. You know, like uh, the coaches. We were playing like it didn't really, you know, put you in those situations. I wouldn't say basketball wise, but you know, life. in in the real world, life wise. Yeah. And what they you, actually do though, think about it. I was gonna say, is it more of the NCAA? Is it more of you know the school? You know, for us, Syracuse itself, or is it more of like you said, the coaches? I, it's it's like the you coaches. look at like a like a, a professional sports team. It's not just about the players anymore. It's not just about the coach or the GM. You got to have a whole three headed monster working together right. and working well. There's too many great talents in the NBA for you all to not get. Say, oh wow, these guys got five all stars on this team, five all stars on this team. Everybody has those capabilities, but you need the coaching staff, the GM, and everybody buying together. Right. No, I agree. Uh, I think what what was said, I'm not only can speak from where we went, we went to Syracuse. It was more of a remember after practice, we have to sign thousands of autographs. Oh my God. You know where those, those autographs was going to, right? No. It was going to. Every Syracuse fan who or alumni who was somebody, you know what I mean. Like it was certain different, but you remember we had to sign autographs a lot. You know, after practice, after when we tired, nobody even wanted to do it. A few what about, hundreds. What about when we go to to those banquets and we sitting with alumni who donated money? And this is what I got to understand. Now I'll be sitting at a at a, at a table with a stranger that I didn't know, and a lot of us, but we what on our phone, not engaging who around us. I wasn't that guy. I was always talking, and I'm sure you was too, where I was talking to who was at the table. I got to see who did what, what was what, and now you put me around these people. Now I'm saying, oh, Brandon Reese, you work at such and such in New York City, and now when I come to New York, I hit you up. Usually the older women. You're my favorite player I usually got. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> oh, yeah, that big was. But, yeah, again, even with that, they were some successful women. Yeah. You know, it was that, that what it was that we well, – what banquet was that? The uh, coaches versus cancer at the end of the year, where I mean he would have. No, I'm uh, talking. About we sat with all the females and we took. Remember, we had to take our shit uh, off. Dude, you can't do that today's day and age. You know, the Miss Orange banquet. The Miss Orange banquet, like where all wives, bro, or it was, all wives, and yeah, it's all women's banquet. We'll give you a little background and context. I don't know if it's still in existence. I don't know if you could still do something like this today. <laughs> and we were auctioned off as players. <laughs> Serious, like the the. Just keep going. Like, it's like, crazy. Who is going to have the tandem of Brandon and Scoop sit at their table for lunch to raise money for kids with cancer? Or, I don't, I don't know, Make-A-Wish found it. it Make-A-Wish. Make yeah, Make-A-Wish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make-A-Wish. And we got us up there, you know, taking our shirts off, you know, flexing, flexing. up there. And I'm just like, oh, wow. You I don't know if you can still do that today. It's, it might be uh, we, And for them to auction you off, I mean, one time I went for, like, I went for a lot. Like I forget what it was. I raised probably like five thousand dollars, and didn't take my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, it was like. But again, I was that was you know I was pretty good in basketball. They knew who I was, but the, they would be up there bidding on you. But do you think that's fair 
fair to, to athletes to be in that position and not say, hey, you know, these people are bidding on me because of what I can do as a player and not to see any money out of that? So agree. This is what I'm giving you at. I'm, I'm about to explain. I think it's not fair, but how you – like, what we going to cry about? I'm, I'm a guy, like, we can't fix it. What we going to cry about it? How can you benefit from it? That You know what I mean? And how I feel like you can benefit from it is when I sat at that table with those ladies or – or 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 the or the husband, I I got out what I needed. To, I got from them what I needed to get from. If that was you know a job, I was always thinking about long term. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I, that's what I feel like hurt me in the sense of my basketball career because I knew basketball was just a short part of my life. Always knew it, and people tell you that you don't want to hear it, but I always knew it. You know what I mean? I knew that before anybody tell me. I knew basketball was just very short for me. My and Hop said it one time: "You gonna do so much better when basketball is over." And at first I. I Took that as disrespect. Like, what do you mean? I'm gonna do great after basketball. I'm but a basketball player. Man. I'm already. You know what I mean? Like, where there's nothing before that or after that. I'm just but I got this. to see what he meant now that I'm going through life. What he mean? You know? And and I think it's hard to get all kids to think this way. But if with the program that I want to start is more so going back to the schools and and really helping the coach though. Nobody help. We don't have a program to help the head coaches look out for this. You know, Coach Mayheim. You see how he was. He oh. Derek Coleman is in the locker room and we might want to go sit and talk to him, pick his brain, go ahead. But it wasn't forced. I'm not saying DC was I'm just using that example, but it wasn't forced, if that makes any sense. I mean one time we had a guy, Nico Harris, guy from Nike. Uh and this I think you uh this Johnny was there. This was I, I was there with Johnny. Yeah. With my freshman, freshman year. Freshman year. When Nico, the guy from Nike, he was he was Kobe uh rep. He came and talked to us at the practice and we were sitting in the locker room at you probably left, but we sat with this guy for hours. And to this day, this guy is one of my mentors, mm-hmm. literally. And it was because I got to pick his brain. And I got to see, like, damn, his job that he has is something that I would love to do. And I'm sitting, I'm literally, he running, he flying all over the world with Kobe. He worked for Nike. Like, and he he was a professional. I mean, he played basketball. He was a, a D1 athlete. And I'm like, when I met Nico, I'm like, wow, this is something I, I would take that job. I would love to work for Nike. And I, I got to see something different right there than making an NBA. You know what I mean? But if you put people around us athletes like if they brought us back and it's very cool to see what we're doing now and in social media these kids is following me that's what helping me now a lot of these young kids are really following me on social media they hit me up ask me about life at the sports and i and that's why i got to see if this is a program that was really needed you know what i mean like where you leveraging yourself whatever these schools is bringing so many people with money and very successful like we got one of the biggest alumni out here george hicker Big time money. He donated big time money to to Syracuse. You know what I mean? That Mellow Center. Well, he was the, like two to four million. Yeah, he's one of the ones. Just as much as Mellow put in. Yeah. Yes, just as much. There was a battle over who could put their name could, on the black. My bet. point. My point exactly. So, <laughs> th- so there's people that went to these schools that have just as much money as as athletes, mm-hmm. and they ain't running up and down no court. <laughs> you know, but I've learned success. You all have to have to. You have. You must work out. You must stay success. All successful people training and eating healthy and that that's that goes with just successful and self success. You know what I mean? But we ha we we taught that already as athletes. So so how you translate all of that and get the most out of the real world? And that's what I that's what I want to teach the kids. But what about the mid major D one low D one is is, is is they same. still have the same opportunity? Same to opportunity. Leverage? Same opportunity because again, you coming out with all these unique skills. I'm talking about like even alumni. Some people might not have a Syracuse or a Harvard backing of alumni. But I'm sure I'm sure things. the basketball team had or the football team has a, a better opportunity of meeting whatever top alumni it is at that school than a regular kid. Definitely. That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like it's like we also 
treated special also. You know, so even at a low mid or mid major or low, you still have an opportunity to meet. Your coach can get you in touch with somebody mm-hmm. faster than a regular student. But I mean, you're trying to re, like, re- uh, reassess what is value. What is value for you know a student athlete? Student athlete, yes. And you know, ha- you know, we're spending a lot of our time as student athletes or former student athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to class, we go to practice. Right. After the games, you get twenty dollars per diem money. Yeah. Nothing's open. Nothing open. You know, we're in upstate New York. Where are you going to spend twenty dollars besides that? You know, a drive-through. Right. And my biggest thing, my biggest takeaway, which I never understood, you know, we think about Syracuse being the biggest on-campus crowd, biggest on-campus crowd, one of the three schools on campus that can serve alcohol. And Jeez, so I never knew that. So let's just say we averaged 30,000 people a game back when we were at school. Facts. And you're getting, let's just say it's $5 a beer and they're selling 15,000 beers or 20,000 beers. We're talking 75 to 100K. And who are the people putting those, making sure those people are in the stands? Us. Us. But mm-hmm. I'm a ninth, tenth string, tenth, uh, tenth uh, person player, or right. 11, 12. You're a one through five. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying I get the same amount of money, but where is that guy whose people are coming to make sure they see to get money and value if we're trying to value a college education? As, like, hey, we're saying you're worth $50,000 and this is, we're giving you an education, but the education. But you also not just getting, an education. But look at how many kids are going to school taking an education. When you go into a Syracuse, you're going there to go to the NBA. You know, like not saying everybody, but that's your mentality. I know for me, I didn't. Yeah, but you can't go school. into that because you're uh, the chance of going to the NBA are still less than a percent. Right. It's, we're talking even half a percent. So I mean, what what is it? What what value is the NBA giving you for the value? That these college athletes are really giving to the university. Is there an even value? Are we uh, getting- I see what you're saying. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it's a value. I think it's like slavery, bro. Just like in the way with the NCAA, they paying you. You're not getting paid, and then how you how you gonna pay me the same as you as the walk on? If that make any sense? Yeah. My senior year, you know, I had the highest selling jersey over Anthony Davis. Our our senior year, we was no one in the country for eight weeks. Good times. So, so with that being said, my jersey, the number eleven jersey that was sold, was the highest selling jersey in college basketball. I didn't get a dollar off it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know how I felt when I've learned that stat. It was like it was crazy. But again, I took all of what I did leverage. Like I told you, I leveraged. I worked for CBS. Syracuse one of the broadcasting number one broadcast school in, in journalism. I in wish I, I wish I learned any of that before I started all this. No, seriously, I learned like, this on my own, bro. I got a job with CBS because they used to watch my interviews and they saw that I was actually good with the media. Mm-hmm. I was working in New York one day, walking down the street, lunch break. I was at Chipotle and a guy from Syracuse alumni worked for CBS. Like, Scoop, what are you doing right now? I'm like, you know, I'm working in real estate with Howard Fender. He was like, you should come by the uh, studio and, and you know, and work. A lot of Syracuse alumni, next thing you know, I found myself in the same studio with Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith. I did the road to the Final Four, and I used to go to the studio every night and do the college breakdown. And it was like, but it was all Syracuse alumni in there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I feel like you can, and yeah, Syracuse is one of the biggest as far as networking schools, but you can leverage yourself other than like, it don't look at, I know we should be getting paid, but don't focus on that, if that makes any sense. That's that's my biggest thing on that. For sure we should be getting paid. And for sure, is I think it's going, I don't think we ever is going to be getting paid. I just don't see it happening mm-hmm. because you can't well, pay. Because it's the only option. The yeah. problem is that that's the only option. There's literally, I look at it as a, 
I'm a very, you know, anarchist kind of person. So I look right. at it as a mafia style, just right. like the U.S. government. Like, hey, pay taxes. If you don't pay taxes, you're going to fuck you. You're, yeah. you're, you're in big trouble. And that's, you know, it's a power. Right. And same thing goes to NCAA. There's, this is the only restaurant in town. And you and I who want to go cook, we have to go cook out of that restaurant. Fact. Because that's the only place that's going to give us the opportunity. Yeah. So it's kind of like a stranglehold. And we're going to say, hey, this is all we're going to give you. This is all we think this is worth and that you're worth this education. But I think the greater scheme and the greater question is like how we value our time and how we value ourselves as human beings on a daily basis. Because you're, you're lucky to be a very, very charismatic individual, individual right. and a hungry individual to say, OK, this is great. I'm optimistic. I'm going to turn everything I have. That's but again, it. you're still a small percentage. Remember, 99 percent of people aren't great at anything and that even includes us as professional athletes <laughs> right and I'm, I'm a mean person i'm gonna no, go out and say 99 percent <laughs> aren't good great at anything it's fact right I, 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 i'm not great at anything outside of basketball i'm trying to become great at other Same things here. i'm trying Same to be here. i'm working my ass off your most time doing that it's it's first like but but what's that worth if that's four years of you not making money and making you know if you're trying to be smart and be the most optimal with your time and effi- efficient on to make money how is that situation? Is that to be said more hurting people? Yeah. Or uh, excuse me, have a more negative, detrimental experience to these kids, or a positive one? Because like you said, you're trying to help these kids who may or may not ever even have the chance of playing college ball. You want to give them an opportunity. To say, hey, I want to make sure you have a jersey. We're going to play travel ball on the weekends because you and yeah. I experience it. It's yeah. a great thing. It's exciting. Friendship. It's an adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great place to have young guys and girls yeah. to grow and experience and connect with people outside of their own cities. Facts. But, That's what AAU help. But again, like if they're never going to make it because it's a 1% thing that you're going to – less than a percentage, you're going to make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to tell them to go to college. And then most of them are, are going to be like us or maybe even more like me to say, oh, no, I'm going to be a basketball player. That's it. Fuck everything else. I'm not even going to think about, you know, my life and career outside of this because I'm going to be a basketball player forever. That's how I was. I mean, look at the documentary Broke, the 30 yes. for 30. Yeah. You know, even these guys, when they make that money, they're not taught how to spend it. My point exactly. So you hit it right on the nose. So you got coaches knowing, for example, every year we play with an NBA player, right, that went to the NBA. Somebody went to the NBA every year from Syracuse. Yeah. How many people we had come talk to us about money? Or how to save our money Or How to even I'm talking about Alumni that we know That's very successful We've named a few On the show That's very successful That's done great With their money And they've all been Really nice After the fact And yes. connecting network Yeah So How many do we have Come sit and talk to us Or educate our family Or say Okay Brandon Reese I know you got a, a chance To play in the NBA So let me put you In touch with What's your name Brian Brian Who's a great uh, money investor. Let me put you. Let me let me put your family in touch with. Them. Let me educate your family, your mom and them, because we know you about to go to the league. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, I don't even see that happening. And that could that could be easily done. Brian could talk to your mom and educate her on money. Yeah, there's really no community around you know the college sports game. You and, and you know it kids is, is going built to the like NBA. A business. You know us kids going to the NBA every year from Syracuse, or having a chance to play professional basketball and making money. But again, that's it's designed for you to fail. That's my whole, that's my thing with it. And I think, even with the athletes that's doing great with life at the sports, they, they, we not teaching it. What part is built to? Is what part of it's designed so you fail? Uh, you get money at twenty, you give it back at thirty. 
because you don't have no sport. You don't have no knowledgeable money. Literally, they give you money at 19, 20 years old. You have a 10-year career, and you're broke by 30. It's designed for you to fail, literally. Was and that, an average person, I feel like, in business or even in just, you don't make it to you about 35 in real life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, where you learn, where you already went through ups and downs. And, like, I feel like with athletes, we, we, we forced to figure it out at 20. Be a grown man. And, and really have, and, and now your voice is, but you don't really know. You're only 21, you're 20 years old. They, mm-hmm. You don't, you know what I mean? Like, you don't really have it figured out yet. So why not, if you're going to give us that money earlier, we eligible to have that money earlier, we should have that education. LeBron was definitely a perfect, you know, model of it. He was very put together and he had a good support system. Yeah. But I think we still don't even follow that. And you don't have to do it on the bigger scales. You don't have, it don't have to be as big as LeBron, but you still can follow the moves that was made. And I think... Today, today's kids that have a better opportunity because of the information. Would you think it'd be better if there, if these kids didn't have to go to college at this age? Because I think what you mentioned with athletes, and I think this is not just with athletes, but we're the first real coming to life experience as a young man or young woman in the United States mm-hmm. is going to college. Some people, you know, don't really travel; they yeah. don't really leave the place, the place they're from. Yes. And their first real-world experience outside their families or parents or people they know, you know, think about right now, like, just bad sexual experiences that happen with people who go to college. Like, this is their first sexual experience. And you think about a frat house, this dirty, disgusting place, and they're having their first intimate moment with another individual. Like, oh, wow, this person's going to have a negative idea about what sex Sex is maybe for the rest of their life now. But then people say it's college. (laughs) But again, like, it's like, oh, well, it's just college. Like, that's just a brush off. Like, oh, it's just okay. We're, and the same thing goes with athletes. We're having these 18 to 22 year olds who aren't thinking outside of 30 years old or 10 right. or 20 years down the line. They're right. thinking, I'm playing basketball. I, I should be able to do this the rest of my life. Yeah. But you tear a meniscus. You get five to seven concussions. Right. You, you fuck up your neck and your back and you can't walk and you can't sleep and you're popping 100. How many Tylenols, pills, I'm sure, yeah. have you taken in your lifetime? Ibuprofen? I don't know how my kidneys and livers are still working. I've had <laughs> right. a, I actually, I've had a kidney reconstruction surgery. I mean, I ru- got my wow. kidney popped in Kuwait, ruptured. Serious? I'm playing a $10,000 cash game out there. <laughs> wow. How was that experience, by the way? It was great, man. You know, uh, you know, I was raised Jewish. I went to go play in Israel, and then I got this opportunity to coach in the Middle East, in Kuwait. And just a naturally inherent curious person I am, it's like, oh, this is the other side, you know. You got everybody has this idea of, you know, Muslims, Arabs. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go live on the other side. I'm gonna go live in this experience, and you know, I'm not playing anymore, but I'm still I got a chance to be connected to the game, uh, okay. and a chance for me to you know slowly push away from the game, okay. where I wasn't playing, and it was an unbelievable experience. Number okay. one, it was actually Dan Gibbs' father, Danny Gibbs, Steve Gibbs. He has Hoop Mountain out of uh, Massachusetts. Danny, shout out to Danny Gibbs. Shout by the out way. to Dan Gibbs, <laughs> legend. Um, so his father runs this basketball thing. Uh, Hoop Mountain. Mm-hmm. It's a big uh, recruiting service, and like uh, they have you know tournaments, they have uh, prep school and everything. And they just got an email: Hey, we're looking to have guys coach over there. I end up going out there. I c- coached out there for two years. Right. Work seven to eight months of the year. Get to travel everywhere in between because I'm based right there. Doha and Qatar is one of Qatar, the biggest airports yeah, in the yeah, world. Yep, yep. So it was just an unreal. Qatar is beautiful, by the way. One of my friends is playing over there right now. It, it's this anywhere in that Persian Gulf, man. It's like California. You know, it was very similar to California weather. Okay. I mean, and and 
unreal hot in the in the summertime. Serious. And we had Ramadan in the summer, so everybody was kind of like double miserable. People getting ready for Ramadan right now. Start about to start in like two weeks, I think. Two weeks. Yeah. I gotta find a place to celebrate. Serious. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, no, I, mean, I got to learn some Arabic out there. I mean, I got to learn about you know the culture, the people, especially dealing. I mean, I'm but look what and coaching again, and training princes and princesses. Hear me out. Look what basketball. Look at where it's taking you. Look, you see what I mean? Like it's a beautiful experience, and a lot of people don't even get to have that. If that yeah. make any sense? I had, a, I had a quote when I was six years old. This guy said it was a basketball camp, my first one. I'm just I'm already then like I'm gonna be a basketball player. Fuck all these kids. I, yeah, yeah, I'm the best. And he said, "You never know where the game will take you." And I always say that quote because I'm able <laughs> really? to leverage the game to get where I want to go. go. Living in a uh, top floor loft in the, on the Persian Gulf, and I'm going to coach basketball for four or five hours for this day. It's beautiful. And I was like, "Oh man, like, that's what I mean." Far as I'm sorry to cut you off, no, no, but far as uh, LeBron's slogan, "More than athlete," that's the slogan, and that's that's. You know what I mean? I think that that touches me a lot because that's that was me since I was 11, 12 years old since I picked up basketball. I knew I was always more than an athlete. You know? Uh, when you look down and just <laughs> it's empty. In there, right. <laughs> but no, I, I, uh, I, I, I feel like there's a program or it should be a program out there for, to teach us young athletes. If they're not going to pay us anyway, I don't know when that's happening. I don't know if they're going to pay the kids and they should pay us back too. Our money from yeah. all the heartache and shit I had to go through. I mean, I mentally. get I, I get hit up for like that's the thing. I was young. I I was you could bounce back from injury so much faster than too. I remember there was one play. I don't know if it was uh, preseason and we we're playing five on five, mm-hmm. and I call a foul against Dion, of course. Oh I mean, my god, yo, I butted heads with anybody at the most. It was him. And yes, for sure. I call a foul. Next play, I go to the basket right on him again. He uh, close lines me. I flip over, land on like my back. Right. But, you know, I, I, oh, he, he he got me good there. I get back up. That's oh, fine. It's fine. Fine. Ball in. Oh, there he goes. That's a foul, right? I'm like, all right, yeah. Check in. Get the ball back again. Hit a three to win the game. But like, I think about if I took that hit now and the trauma even that hit probably had on me. Just like not even physically, but even, like post traumatic stress of like getting flipped over, landing on your back and your head. And it's yeah. Like, it's I agree. I agree. It I explains agree a lot about the relationships I have with people. <laughs> no, for sure. Like just the high intensity. Man, I miss those days, though. Those the, practice, those guard groups was That's bad. the thing I miss, the battling, man. Bro, I miss. they always ask, the best players you played against in college, like people ask me, who was the best guards? Or, and, of course, I got I, Kimball Walker was definitely one of them, for sure. It was, I watched that six overtime again recently. Yeah, man, he, he was a freshman. He was so he was good. so good, bro. Like, but And he's still good today. But I said the best players was – in practice, like people don't understand, like the, that year with you, Dion, Trish, Carter Williams. Every day I had to bring it, and all of us was different. You was you was small and fast. You had Trish, was, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody Trish was strong, strong as fuck. You know, everybody was different. T- Carter was tall, like Dion was just a freak of just a freak. You know what I mean? Like where everybody again, and every day I had to come to practice and bring it. If that makes any sense, I love the mental part of that compared. Now, that, that really got me good. That made me who I am today, bro. I put this on my life because I knew. And, again, I felt like, Coach, if I wasn't good enough, he wanted to play Carter Williams. So I had to be as good <laughs> as I can be. No, seriously, where you're not going to take me off the floor. I feel like mentally with that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh the mental prepare, the approach, prepared. yeah, yeah, to be prepared for that helped me more than anything. It taught me how to approach life. It taught mm-hmm. me how to approach, even like with the born ass practices, that got me up for it. I knew guard group was gonna be intense. 
And you know. actually brought that. Well, I mean, I, tr- I tr- uh, treat it like a job myself. Like, hey, you guys are all playing. If I'm coming to practice every day, and bringing this it. is a job. So if I outperform you, I should technically be getting more playing time. But, and that's how I saw it. So that's what motivated me every day. But look what that did for us as a team. Yeah. But that's the effort. I feel like when you're looking at a team, effort for everybody to be good. We was really good that year. We lost two or three games. You know why? Every year mentality, my mentality, even Dion, even even Carter Williams, he would cry after practice. And he'd be working on his game. But getting fired up. My point exactly. Yeah, so yeah. look at all of that as far as the team. It didn't have anything to do with the coaches. It was our, it was our approach to get the most out of that. Even with you got to leave there and go to class. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where, think about it. And and I think that's the same approach I take to life, especially when it's shit that you love. And at that time, you know, I love basketball. I've really felt like. Basketball was going to be paying me all the money, and I was going to be taking care of my family, and I was going to be the, you know what I mean? Like the guy totally, who. Totally, man. And, and 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 not saying none of that happened, I, I love what, where where I'm at today with just the experiences of alone and the relationships I built, you know? So say all that to say it's not about making it to the, like, to the NBA. If that's what you want to do, go after as hard as you can, because I definitely did, and I'm sure you definitely did. But more so, like, Knowing is 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 so much more that basketball can take you mm-hmm. than just professional sports. Like just professional, getting paid to play. You know what I mean? Like you can be a GM, you can be a coach, you can. It's so much. It's so much. You can still. Be, I feel like if I wanted to make NBA, I still can be in the NBA. If I wanted to coach, I feel like I can be a coach in the NBA. You mm-hmm. know. So just having that, having those relationships is more than anything, and that's what I think I built over the years. And man, I'm in a good space with all of that because networking is key. Mm-hmm. And I network and I network through the game. And that's why I use myself and I love it. So I want to teach kids that. And everything is, you know, the best teacher in life is experience. So so it sounds like we both have, like, we, same, we've yeah. erased our attachment from the game and we can talk about it yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Syracuse people listen to the show. I know a lot are going to. So go yeah. ahead. Give us your favorite moment. Or just start with the favorite moment you had. At Cuse? Yeah, at Cuse. On the court, off the court. Surprise me. All right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I would say that was a great on the court. One of my favorite moments would have to be when we beat Villanova, and in that large campus crowd. Remember that game? It was like thirty-four thousand. Mm-hmm. Andy, it's Andy senior year. I popped in that game. Yeah, yeah. that game when we blew him out pretty bad. But being though I was a Philly kid, my my two top choices were Syracuse Nova, and I chose Syracuse over Nova. And I'm a Philly kid, like I said. Nova, I think that that game put us to number one in the country. Remember that year because Johnny, Eric, and and Paul left mm-hmm. the year before, and they didn't think we was gonna be good. I mean, most Syracuse teams, whenever the, they, you know what I mean, like so that year was like and that was the year I think my six man of the, I, I got national six man of the yeah, year. Yeah, coach year. was playing. Uh, Start Trish as a freshman, freshman over me. But then you were playing like the whole second half because of the approach. You understand what I'm saying? Like it was like more, and I think Michael Hopkins for that. Thank you, Coach Hop for. Coaching me every day because I wanted to kill coach. Shout out to Hop. But anyway, but the approach of what I mean is that game, because I played so well against a team from, again, Villanova, who everybody in my city felt like I should have went and I went, should have, you know, attended that school and I did. I went, I chose Syracuse. So for us to beat Nova that day, and it was, it was a big Monday, it was a game day, and it, and we went to number one in the country that the next mm-hmm. day. It was like a great. Man, I walk, it was never so better because if you think about it that year, remember when we lost to Lemoyne in the beginning of the year and going on campus the next day, I, I swear I was I thought we was going to get killed or assassinated by <laughs> just the fans alone because we lost to a Division three school. Syracuse fans are tough, man. They're oh, passionate. Man. They, they'll man. let you know. Oh, 
but again, growing up in Philly, I was actually I was built for that. Yeah, you we got, got the Philly, Philly fans. fans. It's the same, you know. So, uh, man, they were so tough on me though. Cuse. One minute they love me, one minute they hate me. But throughout the years, it made me who I was, you know. Yeah, really I think we were at the same time when. Uh, remember, we always used to go to the casino just because oh there's nothing to do. Right. And it was my junior year, your junior year, because you had redshirted. Yeah. And we're all in there. We're mm-hmm. all just even like just hanging out because there's nothing to do for West Virginia winter break. And some, they don't know that though. People don't understand that. Some blogger says something online that I think these guys are throwing games. Worse. And I think we're all under investigation. That was the scariest moment of my scariest. life. Scariest. And let me say this: that fucked me mentally, even still to this day, because they don't ask us. Where are therapists for that shit? Like where they can just write about saying we throwing games because we in a casino, which we can be. And we were lo- we went on an eight nine game losing streak no, at that point no, too. No, no, hell no. We went on a four game losing streak. I thought That's we were it. like nine and zero, and then we went. like... We was eighteen and zero, and we lost four in a row. We lost to. Pittsburgh, who was the number three team in the country. We lost to Nova, was who was the number game. five team in the country. Yeah, when we was 19-0, then we scored 18 straight. Yeah, so we lost to Pittsburgh that time. Then we played no play Nova right after that on the Monday. We played Pitt on a Saturday, Nova on a Monday. Literally, Nova was the top five team. We lost to them. Tough game. We come back, we lose to at Marquette. Jimmy Butler. Teams always, Marquette always was Buzz, tough. Buzz Williams always had a great team. Hard, always hard. Up and down, Our kryptonite type of team. Pittsburgh yeah. and Marquette. And Louisville was like our, you know, they play yeah. harder. Well, I think I think Patino was always in coaches. Always, head, but you know what I mean. Like where now we got Marquette, who we lose to on the road. Tough game. Remember, Dion got suspended that game. He didn't play Dion that game. Why Dion get suspended that game? I forget. It was some argument. He didn't play Dion against Marquette at Marquette. We wound up losing that game, and then a, the 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 bad loss was Seton Hall. This fucking guy, Jeremy Hazel, came in and shot. Jeremy Hazel did shot the lights. We play zone, bro. <laughs> That's any shooter You know what I mean Like where he He made Nine threes that game Some of them Then they beat us At the dome Jordan Theodore And next thing oh, you know Jordan Teddy He was hey, a good guard man Great guard Hard working guard He was making good money overseas Shout out to Jordan Theodore By the Shout way Shout out man. man He's a good guy But again We lost four games in a row From 18 and 0 We was number one We was number one In the country at the time Number two We wound up Falling out of the, we Probably going top 20 But the, the, I remember like It was man. yesterday When that came out Because they were saying Remember, they were trying to say my uncle was pointing. Like, it was like a whole big... Me, Dion, and James Sutherland. It was the scariest moment. Guess what? We got UConn on the road the next game. Like, this is how tough the Big East is. We could even be easily going on a five-game losing streak. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're, And I remember like it was yesterday. I got up to the free throw line and shoot two free throws to close the game out. And I'm in my head, I'm like, if I miss one of these... We already under investigation. If I miss this fucking free throw right here, bro... I just didn't know what was going to happen, man. It was like the scariest moment of my life. But to talk about all that, to say, man, I, I will I will play this game for free. You know what I mean? Like, for free, bro. Like, it's never, we never got paid to do that shit. So, well, that's the thing. You, you know, know what I mean? Like, you, but but it, that, it goes back to that question about, like, hey, what is the value? What is the purpose? Like, yeah. Even if they, even, this outlandish uh, uh, accusation that someone makes, right. for you to go make money off what you're doing, it's like, Again, wrong. that's cheating, but like still, it's like someone's trying to make money. Yeah, and these people are saying you can't, can't make, make money. money. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. It's like it, it's interesting. There's someone's circumstances, like for the people who've done in the past, Teddy Dupay, like you know, were, were they just they, they really need the cash, and this is like the only. Well, like, just think about it. You know, what I mean? man, you'd be broke in college too, though. You know, but I feel like 
with us, I, I play this game for free today. Like, with the passions I do, you know, I never got paid to really play. No, I mean, like, I remember I was playing the ABA. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. getting paid, like, you know, a few hundred bucks a week. <laughs> it doesn't like, matter. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, got to, love... I got to score the first basket in that career, that team's career right there. You know, yeah. I'm in a record book somewhere. It's Man, like. It's so much more than just that. Like, when you love something, it's not, you can't put a value to it. There's no money to it. And that's, and that's what we get from being athletes. You know, I, I love it. You know, mm-hmm. I love to do it. I, I love training. I love. The, just the team concept. That's that's what I've been missing since I left Syracuse more than anything. Just being a part of the family. Like, you know what I mean? Like the team concept that we had. Same even, with the military. It's like, hey, wh- where do you have your brothers yeah, like that we, you battled with every you go, day? There you go. Like, that can relate to you. There you go. hard, so, tough moments. And that's been my biggest thing in business. Like, you know, really trying to recruit. I, I take the same coach's model where – you know they go recruit kids to come to you to the university. You, I'm just not recruiting anybody just to come to this team. Even if you good, you got to get personalities. Everything got to go together. And I use those same tactics in business. You know when I when I'm looking for business partners, and I need to we need to be on the same. We need to work together. I'm not even talking about do good times. Like how are we going to react when a team scored 20 on us and the road when Pitt was scored 20 straight points. We was down 20 to zero. 20 zero on the road. And, and on the, the zoo, road and the they zoo. cussing us out. We was down, they scored 20 points and before we, we scored, I remember coming down just shooting a three and making it. That's how we got our first three points and it was just like, we had to get a bucket and we scored 19 in a row after that and we went on the 19 because we stayed together. It was just a, that was a great moment to see like a team can come out and just score 20 straight points and we don't get, before we get our first bucket. But then we scored 19 after that. It was an unreal time. You know what I mean? Like, we're a team just gelling together and really standing together through tough times. And that's what I loved about, you know, what sports bring to you. It's just it's the beauty of having your brothers or having people. That I know if I close my back, I close my eyes, like the drill we did with Hop, where you close your eyes and he puts you. Was that Hop where I closed you? It was probably Hop. Only Hop, hop would come hop up with a drill some- like this where I close my eyes and Brandon Reese would be behind me. And I have to literally fall back, no fear, no nothing, and believe that my brother is going to catch me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just the trust factor in that. And, you know, it's funny because you can play around. Like, fuck it, let you fall. You know what I mean? Like, where that that was beauty just to know that I had brothers and we was all on the same page. And for us to be all, you know, doing things. I love catching up with Chris Joseph, even all the players, you know? I'm even thinking about... You know, De- Devo now, man. I remember oh, talking, man. getting Beautiful. deep with Eric, like now, because he's you know gotten really deep into spirituality. Me too, by and, the way. And uh, I've I've like, you Me know, too. we're talking about like you know reality and consciousness, and I'm like, yeah. I remember just like when I first got to school, and we're talking about you know. Obama and McCain and politics. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we're talking oh, about this. <laughs> Yo, just having the the crate the locker room conversations is man. This guy it's our own, crazy. It's our own barbershop, you know? It's our own barbershop that we could just talk with each other and, like... Man, you was wild, bro. Yeah. You was wild. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you were one of a kind too. But I, I, miss, I miss old Hop, because I, I don't think a lot of people got to experience Hop. Like, I know you definitely did. Facts. And, like, I did. Facts. Like, Facts. when I first got to Cuse, he was... A drill sergeant Man. on me. I mean, spitting in my face, Same here. tearing me down. Like I remember, I had like fuck. I would fuck up on a player, lose the ball, and we're in guard groups and we're going hard, and we were in Manly Fieldhouse and he would just grab the ball and just punt it across the gym. Like just, I can't believe it. That's it. <laughs> Man, I look back I like one time. Oh man, I give a story real quick about Hop. One time, I uh, I got into it with him in practice. This is my freshman year. 
It's crazy, by the way. We get into it. I think I cussed him out. He cussed me out. It was over. He calls me up to his office. After everything is over, you know, you go. So I go up to his office, and he's sitting there in his desk, and he was like, shut the door. I sat down first, and he was like, get up. No, shut the door. So when I got up to go shut the door, as I'm shutting the door, he gets up, and now he's behind me. So now when I turn around, he in my face. He like, what's up now? Like, it's just me and you in here. I'll fuck you up. No. Look, and I'm looking in his <laughs> eyes. Look, 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 look. And I'm looking in his eyes because I, I just talked crazy to him down at practice. And Coach actually let me get it off. Coach is laughing and everything. And I'm looking at Hop eyes. I just grabbed his hands like, Hop, chill. <laughs> but that's but who he was, you, you know. know if he's, if he's serious or not. He was just but like. He's a, also a crazy person, too, because he, he was, was a, a fucking professional and a, a great college basketball player. The best at really getting the most out of a kid or mm-hmm. a person, you know. I. I take uh, I take my hat off to him. He's done a lot of helped me out a lot, not mm-hmm. just on the court, but just off the court. We're just dealing with life experiences, and that's one of the main reasons I did go to Syracuse. It didn't have anything to do with Coach Beheim. I say this to this day. I went to Syracuse because of Mike Hopkins, and at that time they had said he was going to coach at Syracuse, so they lied to us. I mean, they thought that was gonna be the coach when, <laughs> when I was we was there. That's so that's the reason I actually coach got to one Syracuse. year left. This Bro, guy, Mike Hopkins, I, is coming in. Hey, you can in. ask Dion. Dion, myself, and Rick Jackson, we knew we was going to all play together and it was going to be for the coach that we went to school for, and that was Hop. That never happened. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, yeah, coach got to come up for something because he lied to us. You know, every year I thought, you know, when coach is retiring, that was a marketing scheme, which helped. I got to still get coached by Hop. I'm not going to lie because Bayham just coached the games, but practice is where everything happens at. Yeah. And. Just preparing for everything I used to love. And that's what I mean by taking that same approach. Like when you prepare for a Pittsburgh or a UConn, the focus that we used to have. You know what I mean? Like in guard groups. You know what I'm talking about. Like where that's having like a, t- a team on the same page to go out and win a game. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know? It's taken me time to really appreciate it because like I know <laughs> – that I just went in there every day to work my ass off because I wanted to play. Yeah, but you but I, I, I made sure I was studying that scouting report that was left on the desk by the bubble gum every day. Say, yeah. okay, how do how does you know how is Villanova going to attack the zone? Well, they're going to attack between the the one and the four, the two and the three, and they're going to slash through that lane but on the drive. You know and how so I can get you guys you was, ready. Though? You know how important you was to that, and that's where I feel like you was unappreciated because we couldn't. We couldn't pay anybody to be how good you was to, to really imitate a, 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 a guard at Villanova. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you really used to make us pay and coach. And you know he'd be in our area. Brandon Reese, you think he kicking your fucking ass? What you think Scotty Reynolds is going to do? <laughs> like he have his like his little man. I'm in my head like Scotty Reynolds ain't fast as this motherfucker. Like you know what I mean? Like where? But you just was good. But your approach helped us, and all of that helps a team win. Mm-hmm. Helps a team be successful, bro. All the way down to the managers. It's about your approach, man, to life and. Again, I think that's where that's a big missing piece. And when you into the real world, you know, you know, and as athletes, I think all big time companies should hire athletes. Yeah. So we should we should be the ones getting hired instead of instead of oh you don't know anything about no we have the that approach and that 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 to win in life or just win in general we have that you know that self discipline, getting up every morning to go do something you love to do and not get even not even get paid for it. That's the attachment that we have to let go of that. Like you said, we talked about at the beginning yeah. of the show, bringing it full circle. It's it's releasing the identity of who we once we were, were yeah. taking those things that we had and saying, hey, that was a part of me. That's who I am. 
but the things I'm going to bring in, so this new identity, yes. I'm going to bring those great things with me, there and that's going to make me an even stronger person. But we all got to grow up and let go of those things. I agree. So, cause it all depends when you, and you don't know, you know, when is that time. I just know when that time was for me. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's different. I always tell people when they reach out to me, you know, how you, because I have some moments. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't know how, I don't know, personally, I didn't know how to manage money. That was my biggest, you know, thing, and I felt like, if I'm out here, I'm always, if I always got my health and I'm my freedom, I'm going to be able to make something happen. But the mentality of just managing money, I just never never was taught that. So I think it, going through life, it helped me as I'm in business. It really helped me, like, get around people and educate myself. Or, like, when I wanted to learn a new move or something, how I would go study the move or go practice that move. That's the same thing. I wanted to learn how to manage money. I go sit at a seminar. I, I, I took the same approach. That, you know what I mean? I I reflected and I took that same approach to get better at something. And I think that's what a lot of kids should do, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially if you spend your most time doing that because basketball is life. You, know? you come leaps and bounds, man. <laughs> you know? I don't think we could have had this conversation for sure. seven years. No, for sure. <laughs> seven, 11 years, years ago, ago. Right, right, When we first right. met. Yeah, we're crazy people. I mean, all athletes got to have, I think anybody who is going to be passionate and and gonna have greatness and that doesn't include just sports i mean you think about any artist or some of these you know this is to steve jobs the oh, you know elon musk they you have to have that balance of your craziness because that that you insanity have to be yeah you have to yeah, and yeah. that drive you have like for us to go out and the belief in yourself too. after a dome game for three hours in the mellow center by yourself because uh, man you I had a bad game or you i, I don't want to go miss any more shots right. but like there's a healthy and unhealthy balance to that, and you have to find that. Mm-hmm. But that, if you can harness that, that it's is beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful. It's and the I, thing that can uh, equal to greatness. I just remember like walking in there and practice when you and Andy started your whole Macho Man lifting weights thing. <laughs> <laughs> but to see what that did for our team mm-hmm. and the approach, what it did for the locker room, if that make any sense. And you don't know how big you was for A Rock at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like because. Andy applaud the person that you was. You know what I mean? Like if 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 that makes sense, like you didn't just give up you didn't give a fuck. He had to he had to give up because he was Andy Rollins. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he would love to be if it, if it, I I watched it. I know it and, and that helped me because I never thought about that. But I, I did notice that though. Like, you know, he, he had to always, you know he, he's it, Andy Routon's from Syracuse. Syracuse Leo so Routon's son. But he also, you know, aside which I got to know Andy really well, was one of my greatest leaders. And why mm-hmm. I say that because he he taught me how to approach practice every day the same way. But it was both of y'all. But I was more so looking at Andy. You know what I mean? But again, I didn't see Andy without you. Yeah. Well, I, I like we said, you know, like Andy will say too. I'd uh, approach. He's <laughs> like, oh, this kid just doesn't He's give a fuck. Fucking crazy. You know, if that makes any sense. But you need that type of insanity. But that <laughs> brought for me. At well, I was inconsistent, with, especially when it came to work. And I'm just as talented as anybody. But as far as training and working out. That year it taught me how to do it. Mm-hmm. Remember when we run the sprints? When after free throw, everybody jog. That's how I still train people. We go do those the pyramid runs. You, you two, know, what I, like four, okay. six. But eight. I'm talking about at the end of practice when we used to run the sprints. When when we go to the foul line, oh and yeah, you miss a free throw. I used to just remember you and Andy just be like always the first two in my head. I'm even if I'm not faster than y'all, let me run faster to keep up. And that made all of us even when we every practice we had that year. It wasn't like the rest of the years we just jog up. I ain't gonna lie, we jog up and down. Like, and coach allow you to do it. But if you remember that year, we ran sprint. I don't care if we had a game the next day, we still battled each other mm-hmm. with the sprints. And that that team was just taught me how to be a part of a team. 
if that makes sense. Right. It taught me how to like play a role to the best of your ability because I felt like I should have been starting. Should have been, but I wasn't starting. I wound up still being six man of the year. I still was playing starter minutes. You know what I mean? Like where all you have to do is play your role to the best of your ability and 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 be a part of a team. You know what I mean? Like where that team again taught me how to be like really a part of a team and be a part of something bigger than yourself. And I think that's what it, everything. When I worked out for the Spurs, that was the first question they asked. Have you ever been a part of something bigger than yourself? And that's a great fucking question. You know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a hell of a question right there. No, you gave me a whole different approach to looking back to those four years playing there, man. Yeah. Just different perspectives because, you know, I always saw one perspective. Right, right, I wouldn't right. say narrow-minded, but, you know, you, just, you see how it was and how things were, but, you know. Talking with you, man, it's it always I, I'm able to see now just so many things that I didn't get to see, you know. And uh, people so are fans funny. and crowds, like they don't really get to see like nah. all the pieces that go into this big, this big thing that's bigger than ourselves. It's way bigger than ourselves, you know. And that's again, I learned it. Spurs. That was the first question they asked me, like, and it took me by surprise. It was like, "Have you ever been a part of something bigger than yourself?" And I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Yeah, for sure. One, my family, you know, and." My teammates, like I felt when I was on, I was it was bigger than me, and that year taught me that. Like I felt like I should have been starting. I worked my ass off. I lost 15 pounds that summer. I got I got in great shape for my red shirt. Yeah, I did everything. I felt like ready for that spot, and coach didn't give it to me. Do I transfer? You know why I don't transfer? Why I didn't transfer? It was y'all. It was more a route where it was like, yo, I can I can still help this team be successful. And when you taste that, it was oh man, it was all she wrote. You know. Unreal, so, man. We can go on moment, forever yeah. on that. That was a great year that year. We're right going to wrap this up. Um, man, dude, thank you. Thank you. This yes. is a great catch-up right here, man. For sure. This for is sure. the catch-up. This is the seven years. We'll do one every seven years now. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. And we'll fill it. No, no, no. We're going to fill in more. Um, But, yeah, let people know where they can find you. Let people know they can connect with you, work with you, or, you know, collab. Uh, Instagram, Mr. Ant- at Mr. Antonio Jardine. I'm going by my real name, now that I'm older, I turned 30. I, Scoop is everybody know me as Scoop, but Mr. Antonio Jardine is my ad name. Uh, based out here in LA, you know, I'm I'm actually in the process of starting this this organic juice bar in Philadelphia, in the neighborhood where I was where I was brought up at, uh, called Juice Scoops. So you know, I think that's gonna be something good. And, and as soon as Philadelphia or Pennsylvania pass the law as far as marijuana. I'm gonna be able to sell the juices with the CBD in it, also. So, very cool. Yeah, man. Just we're so just very entrepreneurship for me. Just being an entrepreneur, and I love business. So, you know, that's just basically what I've been doing with my life. Oh, also, I'm doing a big three stuff this year too. When's that gonna happen? April 30th is the tryout. Okay, uh, May first. Try out. Yeah, it's like a combine. Okay. May first is the uh, actual draft. So that's why I said I need you, bro. I need. I got. We'll get back in. I'm just looking at the dates right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I got 18th. a good. I got a two good weeks. two weeks to get my mind right to go into that with some time. I've been playing every day, but more so, I want to start training now, preparing for that. Oh, you yeah, know? we got to get a thousand makes up again, man. Yeah, man, we have to get at it. So that's why I'm happy you're out here. So thank oh, you. We catch on filming everything, but everybody. Uh, first of all, Antonio, yeah, thank exactly. you so much for coming on the show, man. Like I said, admire the hell out of you. Appreciate admire it. you know even hearing and talking with you now about you know where you were then and where you are now and growing up you know you've done the things you thought about me and battling with me man so you know thank you for coming on the show and I'm looking forward to kicking your ass again when we get back in the gym I'm I'm still an asshole oh I see that already but I don't think you ever will not be an asshole (laughs) by the way the biggest asshole you ever meet in your life and that's bottom line it's a great person great soul
And he means well, though. I mean well. Oh, for sure. That's just how I'm going to get it out of you. And everybody else, thank you for tuning in the show. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't subscribed already. And, yeah, make sure you share this show and make sure you find out where you can connect with Antonio or myself, the bus driver experience. We're taking this everywhere. We're going everywhere. We're going to do everything and live everything because that's what we're we're about. I want to take on every unique human experience. So, everybody, thanks for tuning in. The bus driver is out. Oh, yeah. This is the moment uh, for those who...